Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Off the Beat and Track Podcast with me, Stu Whiffin. Hope you're well. It's another week, it's another episode. And today's episode, I'm lucky to be sitting with Miss Arena Mancini. Irena is a singer-songwriter, radio DJ, and as we realised when we, we met up at the Hoxton Square Bar and Kitchen, um, we'd worked together previously um, at one of the, the club events I'd put on, or a few of them, um, Irena had DJed for me, and had also performed in her band. Anyway, that's, that's neither in nor there, because today's chat is... A real cracker, and not far into it, um, she mentioned something which I was like, "Hang on a minute, we 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 can't just pass by on that." And yeah, when it, when you you're talking about you know on these podcasts when I discuss with people growing up and stuff like that, you always talk about their childhood and was their music on at home and stuff like that. She had absolute rock royalty coming around for dinner. I won't say any more, but um, but just enjoy this episode. Um, also, go and check out Undercover, which is um, Elena's new single, uh, which is also produced by another one of our guests, uh, Mr. Jags Cooner. So go and check that out. Um, before we get rolling, just a big thanks to 76 for producing this Everyone at the Distraction Pieces Network. My name is Ad and Brad Acton for video and artwork. And if you haven't already, go and check out my Patreon account. So you can go over to www.patreon.com forward slash off the beaten track and you can get a weekly radio show where I sit with people and sometimes sit on my own and, and play all the records in full and chat about music. And there's loads more stuff over there, but you're guaranteed at least one radio show a week as well over there so go and have a little look uh, in the meantime 76 drop that intro music it's off the beat and track podcast on the distraction pieces network with me stew with him right we are recording we are at the hoxton square bar and kitchen in in the morning it's, I know. Uh, it's, it's early for early, me. <laughs> you got a coffee. I reckon, you, when, how long until you kick in? About 20 minutes, do you reckon? I'll be awake in about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that voice you hear is mine. Uh-huh. You've got to tell me if I pronounce your name right, because I've been saying it to myself on the train all the way up here. Yeah. Irana? Irana. Irana. So close. Right. <laughs> I know, it's, it's, a, it's a mad name. I've grown to love it, but I used to uh, hate it. Irana Mancini. There we go. Got yeah, it. <laughs> um, right, thanks ever so much for coming, Dan, this morning. Um, we've just been chatting before and our paths have crossed. Um, I know, I've known you for years. I know, I, I used know. I DJ for you at, uh, where, did I, where was it? Matt Queen Horns of Hoxton. Um, and it was the Matt Horn session night, but we did do that in quite a few places but Queen was pretty much the yeah the, the kind of the hub for it and I think I think your band played there as well I did I did I had an, um, a band a while back kind of like three or four years ago and I think yours was the first gig we did so thanks for that Welcome. <laughs> enjoyed it <laughs> right so you've sent me over your tracks in advance solid songs good I'm thanks impressed. I'm impressed so Let's kick things off, which is track one, which is the song with the greatest intro. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what you've, you've put down, or do you want me to remind you? Well, this was a really hard one, because I picked Barrett Strong, Money, which doesn't, I guess, have the most grand intro in it's the world. great, though. But for me, it does, because yeah. as soon as that piano kicks in, it just makes me happy. I just think it's one of the best pop songs ever written. Um, and it reminds me of being a kid, because my dad was a musician is a musician and he used to collect old 45s so he had a massive box which I've now raided which has been quite handy for me for my DJing and that was in in the box and I heard that and that was sort of the song that made me want to start DJing I just think it's beautiful and brilliant and short and sweet and snappy and yeah got it's got such a funny funny lyrics as well because it's basically about um you know, not caring about the birds and the bees, but wanting the money, yeah. which is quite funny. Did you ever hear, because um, obviously the, the Beatles covered that, didn't yeah. they? Um, but did you ever hear the version of it by, did you ever see the film Backbeat about the Beatles? I haven't, no, I haven't. Stephen Dolph plays um, Stuart... Who was the fifth Beatle? I can't remember his name. Stuart. Uh, the, 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 one that, the one that left early on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one that was married to Astrid. Mm. Um, but uh, the, the band that was the backbeat band that released a, a version of Money was, uh, it was Mike Mills from R.E.M., Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a mega all-star band and it never, ever gets picked up on them. They released Money as yeah. a single, kind of like early 90s. And it was such a genius cover of it. Well, it's uh, been covered, I think, it's been one of the most covered songs of all time, but the Sonics as well did a great yeah, version right. of that. And they did a really raw sort of garage version, which is brilliant as well. Um, yeah, it's just a really versatile song. There's so many, there's, yeah, it's brilliant. It's to- totally in my top songs. I play pretty much play it every time I DJ. It's and one it is of those. all about that piano lick at the beginning, isn't it? It is, I love it. It's just sweet and, yeah, cool. So, yeah, it's one of my faves. So... As a as a DJ and songwriter and singer, when you're writing, how important is that intro into into crafting a song? I think it's really really important because I think we live in a world at the moment, especially where people have a very short attention span. Completely. <laughs> so I think those first couple of bars are incredibly important. I always try and do something with a really good bass line at the beginning just to c- capture people, get them in. Um, so, yeah, I think it's super important. I like the way the old sort of songs as well start quite quickly. You know, you've got a couple of bars and then it's straight in. Mm. 
Um, so yeah, it's really important to me. It's, it's, it's the first thing people hear. And if you've not got them by the first few bars, then they're going to switch on. They're going to swipe. Right, that's it. It is. It's swipe now, isn't it? No, it's terrible. That's that's what's worrying. I think it is so fast and so disposable now, isn't it? And, Mm. you know, if you've not got them shazamming within eight seconds or whatever, you've lost them. And that's that's tragic, right? It's so tragic. I hate that. But, you know, I mean, I don't necessarily do that because I listen to... You know, I'm a bit obsessed with music, but I think the younger generation, for sure, it's it's quick, yeah. fast, you know, in or, in or out, that's it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, before we move on to track two, is there any other considerations for intro? Yeah, I mean, cream, white room, nice. love that. It's kind of, and when the beat comes in, it's brilliant. It's got that, ooh. Yeah. Um, that was terrible. I can sing better than that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's amazing because that just sets an amazing tone. There's tons. I mean, it's difficult to pick. But I think, you know, going back to that money one, I think for me, it never gets boring. Um, And also, you know, you play a few bars of that in a club and everyone just knows what it is already. It's it's infectious as well, right? Yeah, it's really infectious. I just think it's the most perfect pop song. So... I'm going to fast track right up to now, and, and you, mm. you, you mentioned that you, you know you're DJing, and, and so what sort of thing is it that you're DJing to be able to play Money by Barrett from? <laughs> well, I, as I said, I grew up in um, a household where music was really important. I'll tell you what, let, let's get on to track two then, because this is all going to be part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? Sure. So for track two, I'm going to ask you what the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you. Um, so the, oh gosh, what did I pick? You went for Misty by Ella Fitzgerald. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Misty, Ella Fitzgerald. For me, uh, I love old jazz music. I just love melody. And for me, jazz has the most beautiful melodies. And I love, you know, Ella Fitzgerald, Nina Simone, Julie London. I just love those, those voices. There's a lot of sort of raw emotion in them. And, you know, they don't try and do tricks which a lot of singers tend to yep. do, especially sort of in my generation as a teenager, you know, the sort of Mariah Carey's of the world, mm-hmm. which to me is, you know, isn't my taste. It's a bit um, acrobatic. So, <laughs> so to, to, to touch on that then, because, yeah. see, I, I'm completely on the same page. I mm. think when people talk about great singers and go Mariah Carey, yeah. on paper... Yeah, technically. Technically. Yeah, she can reach those notes for she's sure. She's amazing, right? Yeah. But... Has she got as much soul as Shane McGowan or Billy Bragg? No, absolutely not. So for me, those are my favourite, you know, like Grace Slick and all those singers. It's just like, for me, I like the sort of slight crack in the voice. Um, Well, I guess it's the emotion behind it, isn't it? And I guess those jazz singers and Grace Slick, for example, they've all got a massive story behind them. And you can kind of hear that in the voice. I'm sure Mariah Carey does as well. But, you know, I don't necessarily hear that. That doesn't come across to me as much. So which is why I love jazz music, which is why that song Misty for me, I guess it was my first introduction to jazz. And it was a song I heard. And I don't know what, I mean, it sounds really sad, but it did make me cry. It really did. Yeah, it made me cry. It was sort of the first song. Because people used to talk about that when I was younger. They used to say, oh, that song, you know, makes me cry every time. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it never happened to me. (laughs) And then, then? oh, God, I must have been about 12, 11. Um, But yeah, it made me, it just, there was a sadness in it. And the lyrics are really beautiful, you know, it's about love. And, um, but it, it, yeah, it just got me. And I think that's due to her voice on that song, especially. I mean, Ella, for me, is the queen. She's just 
got the most beautiful voice and tone and um yeah i mean she can hit those notes notes better to me than yeah. someone like mariah it's yeah. it's all day long so yeah um Miranda, where was you born i was born in london i was born in west london on the corner of harrow road in elgin avenue in maidvale and um yeah i was been i mean west london is is, is amazing for music you've got sort of like the jamaican irish you've got you know, amazing. You could go into pubs any day long and there'd be people playing music and stuff. So I was lucky to be brought up there. Obviously lived near Abbey Road Studios, Radio, um, BBC as well. So there was a real music vibe going on there. records used to be on Harrow Road as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was a great place to grow up. Um, so I've been a Londoner my whole life. It's, I sort of toyed with moving abroad to America for a bit. Um, I was actually going to move to LA, which is completely contrasting. Yeah. And then, real, um, I had a bit of a, of a of a bit of a bad year here, and I sort of wanted to escape a bit. I think maybe, and then realised LA would be the worst place to do. That. Yeah, if things aren't <laughs> good, like, that's probably not the yeah, solution. Yeah, I probably feel a bit lonely if I did that. Yeah. But um, I think the sunshine was luring me in. Um, but yeah, I just had a bit of a moment, and then I thought, you know what? I love London, and for me, I. My heart's here. It's totally here. I love it. So, so you mentioned that your dad was a musician. So, mm. talk a little bit about what it was like growing up at home. Was there, I presume there was music. Yeah, I mean, I was sort of there was pretty much nothing I could do as I grew up. I was sort of, you know, destined to do music. I think and anything artistic because my mum was a photographer. So I used to sit in the dark room with her processing photos, and I was like, she used to use me as her bloody model all the time putting me in horrendous costumes and stuff so there's a few embarrassing photos lying around and then my dad um was in a band with bowie so he you know he was yeah he was in a band with david bowie so he he was uh on tour with him from aladdin sane station to station he did loads of albums with him he did yeah he did backing vocals wrote some stuff with him percussion so he did that um, so I, growing up, I used to listen to records he was on. So he did like Golden Years and stuff like that. I could hear him wow. singing on it. And then he did, he had another band. He did a few things on top of the pots and stuff. So I, I was sort of, you know, involved in all that all the so time. How, how is that? Like, I mean, I mean, just to sort of step away from the, the madness that you've just said that your dad was, yeah. in, David, you know, <laughs> was, was in David Bowie's band. Mm. Um, how is it going to school and the kids are all talking about Top of the Pops and your dad's on there? Well, I mean, I was quite young, young when he was on Top of the Pops, but it didn't really affect me. But then to later, as I realised the genius of Bowie as I got a bit older, um, there is a funny story actually about me meeting him when I was a kid and apparently I was really rude to him because I thought, God, who's this old mate that my dad's got? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know, oh, bloody hell, really? I've got to go and sit and meet some random bloke. Yeah. And then as I got older, I thought, oh, my God. And I was absolutely, you know, um, horrified at myself for doing that. But, yeah, I mean, it was cool. You know, it was great. Um, I went to a really good school that had lots, like a performing arts thing going on as well. So everyone was creative there, which so was cool. So did you, I know you said you felt like you was destined to be involved in, in, in music, but was you already like when you was listening to music was you already sort of like deconstructing it and and, and working out you know yeah I used to um yeah because it was just sort of in my blood I guess and around the house so it was music was really important growing up it was um 
you know, my dad used to listen to it every night quite loud, but really good music as well. You know, we're not talking like rubbish stuff. Yeah, like yeah. really sort of, well, old soul and blues and yeah. rock and roll and stuff. So I used to start writing songs and I mean, they were terrible songs as well. How old is this roughly? Well, like nine, oh, ten. Yeah, so I used to get, I used to have this like karaoke box and I used to record it on tape and then I'd swap the tape over to the other beat, like the other side and then record harmonies and then swap it back. Yeah. Um, and then come down with some music and present it to my mum and dad. (laughs) It was quite funny. Um, I remember writing a song called Love Bug. That was the first song I ever wrote, which was terrible. And the lyrics were, it's my fault. I've never been so young. I didn't know what was going wrong. I've been written by the love bug in the centre of my soul. Which is like, what? Like, that was like nine. It was like, what? Where you did I get? You to to your 13 for the teenage. I know. That's at nine. That's amazing. The, in the centre of my soul. I mean, very dark. <laughs> I don't know what that says about my childhood, but there we go. Oh, that's amazing. So, were your parents, obviously, you know, when you spoke about what they'd done, were they both kind of very encouraging for anything artistic that you was you was doing yeah they were both very encouraging because I guess it was just what they did in a way so yeah. they didn't really see I mean I think they probably wouldn't wanted me to like I mean I didn't even go to uni I just joined a band when I was 18 yeah which I don't think they wanted me to do I think they wanted me to kind of get yeah. a, you know a good education and do something sensible maybe a bit but I just put my foot down I remember doing like a levels and them saying you've got to do your a levels and I was like oh I can't be bothered no it's not me I don't want to do it I want to you know sing and act and do whatever yeah. And they said, you've got to do your A-level. So I, I chose music, drama and dance. And my mum and dad were like, what? Can't you pick something <laughs> sensible? It's like, nope. So I sort of put my foot down early on. But no, they're really encouraging. They love it. And they're really sweet. Like my mum sort of, you know, tweet messages all my... She's on Instagram now, my mum. So she sort of messages my tunes and stuff. <laughs> it's quite sweet. <laughs> it, it, it's weird because my, my parents were, were completely like... They, they were similar to that in regards to that. They had that sort of mindset that I needed to get a trade before mm. I'd done my band stuff. The band stuff was like, yeah, that's a bit of fun, but you've got to get a trade kind yeah. of thing. I'd done a radio show the other day. Bless him, like, my dad tweeted in. And it was like, this is amazing. Aww. My dad just tweeted in. And he was just like, glad you got an air cut for that, son. <laughs> Nothing about the show. He just was watching it, like the little stream of it. He was just rather impressed. Oh, that's so funny. I'm My very impressed. for the show, bless him. I'm impressed your dad's on Twitter. That's I brilliant. Know. Yeah, they're all involved. Yeah. Gosh, that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Right. So let's move on to, to track three. We will pick back up on um, mm. your DJing and, and, and the stuff you're doing yeah, while you're yeah. playing Barrett Strong, etc. Um, so... You're now at school, and, and I'm glad you've, you've chose something <laughs> like what you've chose, because it was going to be a question that I was going to say was, like, all, all the music that you was being exposed to at home, mm. was you still listening to the stuff that you, your friends were listening to at school? So, the track three, I ask, is the song that reminds you of your school days. Yeah. Do you remember what you put? I think I picked Flowers. You did? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, I mean, I, when I was at school, Garage was, like, it was the type of music mm-hmm. everyone was listening to. And it's very difficult just to go back. It was very difficult picking these songs because I was like, shall I be cool or shall I actually be honest? Everybody <laughs> it's has really been funny. super honest. Have they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's quite funny. So um, Flowers was like the garage anthem when I was at school. Yeah. Um, so every time I hear that song, it just takes me back to being a teenager. I used to go to like under 18 raves. I used to go to one called Bigger Fish. Where else did I go? Gosh, there's so many... Um, and it, I mean, 
you would never put me then for, for the way I look now. It was yeah. quite funny. I look picture back pictures and I'm like, oh God, Jesus. Um, but there was just a massive, um, a massive wave of garage stuff at that time. I mean, even like Craig David and all that yeah. stuff. I mean, we used to love it at school. We used to have a certain way of dancing, of the way we'd look, like hilarious. I think I even, this is really embarrassing. Go for it. But I mean, I'm not... A, I mean, I used to dance when I was a kid, but I wasn't like a professional dancer in any way, shape or form. But at one of the raves once, me and two of my teenage mates decided to do a dance on stage in front of the rave to that song. <laughs> and it all went terribly wrong. We were awful. We, we should, like, synchronised dance. <laughs> yeah, 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 oh, synchronised. We'd worked, out, we'd worked so hard on it and it just sort of fell apart, apart on stage. So if you was out and about now and flowers come on, yeah. Would you do your, your, your flowers? My now? garage dance? Yeah. Absolutely. Depends how drunk I was. Good work. Good work. <laughs> but the thing is, as, as much as, you know, he's, you know obviously it's a, it's a garage classic, it's got loads of pop hooks, though, hasn't it? That, that chorus is he's, he's so. Yeah, so well, actually, poppy. it's a beautiful melody. Mm. Take away the garage beat. Um, the song itself is gorgeous. Mm. Someone should do that, actually, an acoustic version of it, because it would be nice. Do you know, I was talking, <laughs> I was talking Saturday night, and, and, and we were talking about. Pete Tong doing these kind of, like, and, and all of these people jumping on this bandwagon. I noticed that Pete Hook's now doing Joy Division orchestrated with the oh, wow. something symphonic. And it's like, yeah. how long is it going to be before uh, Craig David or uh, yeah, Sweet <laughs> Female and a Attitude presents Garage <laughs> orchestrated? <laughs> I'd, I'd buy a ticket. <laughs> I'd be there on the front row. Dance, <laughs> exactly. So is that the memory that evokes when you hear that? Yeah, I mean, it just reminds me of... It's funny, because it, I was at a wedding in New York um, two weeks ago, and um, it's a friend of mine, Daniel, and his wife is American, okay. and he requested the DJ play a half hour of garage music. So that wouldn't have there, would No, it? no, no. So we, all the British, all the Brits, yeah. ran over... And we went mental because yeah. you also you do this little huddle as well, this garage huddle, and we all went over. And she was horrified because it was sort of, <laughs> she just looked over it, and all the Americans were like, "What the hell?" And sort of like <laughs> sat on the side of the wall. <laughs> it was just like this mob, um, but it was brilliant. It was really fun. It reminded me of being a kid, and it's you know it's still good. I still play garage music um, all the time. I mean, at home. Um, so yeah, no, love it. it does take me back. Totally. Okay. So while we're back there, where, where was school? Where did you go to school? I went to school in um, Baker Street in, uh, at a school called St. Marlebone School of, for Girls. And it's a great school. It was a normal school, but it had like great, um, great girls. Like all the girls that went to that school have done really well like, since leaving. And we had like a, a female head teacher who was really strong. Um, and as I said, we had like this arts grant, so uh, lots of my friends are in music and so acting. So the, the, the creative stuff was really encouraged. Yeah, it was well. really That's encouraged. Um, so yeah, it was a fantastic school. It's funny because obviously I grew up in London, so I see. Um, I saw the other day three girls walking past in my uniform, and they looked so young, and I felt so old. <laughs> I was like, oh. So you enjoyed um, it. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to get out as soon as possible, though, because I wanted to go and do my creative things you know I wanted to join a band and get out there and um I hated exams I'm not very academic you know I'm quite smart but I'm yeah. not very good on on paper so that um was frustrating to me yeah. but no it was good I made loads of good friends and I'm still friends with them now so it's good so at school obviously you're saying when you let you know you was you was keen to kind of once it was done start mm. joining the band and stuff was yeah. you already 
and obviously you, you, you was making songs and you have been since you was nine, but you already <laughs> like sort of played an instrument with a band? Did you jam? Did you put anything together at school? Or Yeah, I used to, um, I used to, because I was classically trained on the piano, so I used to write music on the piano at home. And then I used to take it in, I had a really nice music teacher who, I used to take the songs in and then he'd make me sing them in church at school because I went to Church of England school. I don't know how I had the courage to do that, to be honest with you, but I used to do it in front of the whole school. I'd was play you comfortable all the... doing that? Yeah, which was is quite funny because... Was you ever show up at school? <laughs> I guess I was. It's funny because as you get older, you become a little bit more, well, I have anyway, I've become a little bit more um, reserved in a way. I mean, I'm not, I'm, when I'm on stage, I'm not, but you know, you, you sort of think of people's reactions a bit more. When, when I was a kid, I was sort of bulldozing in yeah. and just didn't care. Um, so yeah, so I used to sing them all the time. I used to sing them in, there was a funny story about a friend of mine. She reminded me of this the other day. She said, Jake, you remember that time that I read a poem about friendship and then you sung beautiful Christina Aguilera in front of the whole school? And I was just like, oh, mate, really? That's <laughs> so embarrassing. It's not this that is my friend Because it must have been so <laughs> of its moment, right? I don't know what I was thinking. I think she said... This is my friend Irena. She's beautiful inside and out. And then there was like a lead into me <laughs> every day. So, yeah, I mean, I did, yeah, I used to sort of show off. And that's probably why I was bullied for a while at school. Oh, do you think so? <laughs> because. Oh, wow. Who does she think she is? Do you think that was kind of key to, to why you wanted to sort of get out of school as well? Maybe. I mean, it was only a couple of years when I first started. I think everyone gets a bit sort of teased, don't they, at first? Um, but, what's yeah. Your, I mean, what's your sort of thoughts on that? Do you think that's almost the right a passage to kind of some developed life skills or do you think it's just fucking wrong? I think it's really wrong, but I think um, there's a certain amount of grounding that happens when that happens. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I mean, it's real life, isn't it? Life yeah. isn't easy and, you know, you're going to get a lot of knocks and people yeah. who don't like you yeah. and people who have got a problem with you. So there's no point it all being, you being mollycoddled your whole sure. life, is there? I think it's probably good training for your, for your yeah, later life, yeah. really. Yeah, I agree. Um, I so, yeah, it's horrible, but it, it sometimes yeah. may be a bit necessary. I don't know. Okay, track four. Um, I asked you what the first record you purchased was. Well, that was on Vogue, Don't Let Go. And I think that's a brilliant tune. I love when it. When was that? So that would have been 92? Gosh, I don't know. I think it was a bit, it was a kind of... God knows. I don't know. I, was that I remember. Before or after Free Your Mind and all of that. It was around the same time. Yeah. Um, they were huge, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, I know. They were massive. I used to sing that on Vogue. Um, I got that on tape, actually. That's the first tape. I think I've still got it somewhere. And me and my friend Nadia used to stand in front of the mirror and uh, with hairbrushes. <laughs> <laughs> doing, doing these little dances and stuff. I think we even did like shows for her mum and dad as well. So yeah, I've been of a show off my whole life, clearly. And now I'm, now I'm looking back. Um, but I just love that song. I still play that. You know when you have those nights where you sort of have a bit too much to drink and everyone comes around to your house and you play records? They're the best nights, right? <laughs> that's, one, that's on the list. Oh, that's brilliant. That's, that's my perfect <laughs> night, that is. My, is. my older friends just yeah. Yeah, reminiscing and, and playing records that aren't necessarily the coolest records, but they meant so much when, you know. Well, that, you see, when I was like, you know, first buying music, I have to say I wasn't, I don't think I was sort of in the best era for music, really, because it was kind of girl bands, boy bands. I was too late for the Britpop stuff. Right. So it was just this really weird period of time for music. Uh, wasn't really point. many rock bands, indie bands or anything no. like that. 
the, the, the area you're talking about, if we're talking kind of, you know, late 90s. Yeah, then early noughties as well. That was the kind of... Britpop was done and then all of a sudden everyone got acoustic guitars out. It was yeah. Travis, yeah. it was yeah. Embrace, it was Turing Breaks. Which I was just wasn't my Coldplay. thing. Yeah. It was all a little bit Wishy-washy. Wishy, exactly that, yeah. wishy-washy. So you had, you know, I mean, when, when I was young, I mean, Spice Girls and Eternal and all of those, yeah. that was what was popular. It yeah. was like, you know, so it was a bit of an odd period, I think. Of, I mean, I used to listen to like Nirvana and stuff, but that was sort of too yeah, early yeah, of on course, for me. Yeah. So we used to have this very strange period of music where it was all like gangs of girls doing um, dances together. Yeah. <laughs> and it was really odd. So it was like Spice Girls, Eternal, as I said. And we'd just stand in front of the mirror, do these dances and have mediocre songs. It's a bit bad, really. Other than that song, I mean, I love that. I mean, TLC were great as well. Waterfalls, all that yeah. stuff was great. But it wasn't the best period of music, I don't think, unfortunately. I don't think me and my mates have ever... <laughs> Stood in front of her. You're born in the wrong bit era, you see. I think I was. I think <laughs> you I missed was. out. Right. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, can you remember where you bought it? Oh God, it might have been HMV or Noxa Circus, right. which is no longer there, sadly. Yeah. Which is such. A- Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Shame. I mean, I used to love it because, you know, I know I was too young for records and stuff. I mean, now I buy records, but at the time I was too young. But, you know, even with tapes, you sort of had the sleeve and you'd pull it out and there'd be pictures on it. And, you know, there was something about putting the tape on the shelf and having a collection of them on your shelf. It just sort of felt a sense of pride that you'd saved your money up, bought it, put it on the shelf. And also it was sort of like a bit of artwork in a way, you know. Completely. And CDs, I guess, as well. Completely. The same. It's um, not the same showing your friends just how many playlists you've got on no. Spotify, is it? No, it's not. And that is a shame. I mean, there's a beauty of being able to, you know, just listen to so much music, especially when you put your own music out, because yeah. it's so easy to do. But I do miss that, which is yeah. why I started probably collecting records. Because yeah. for me, it's it's nostalgic of my youth as well Definitely. in that way. You know, having something to put in your hand and keep, yeah. you know. Okay. Track five. So you've left school. <laughs> I hope you've left school because you've gone clubbing. Um, and I've asked you the song that soundtracked your years clubbing. So just that one song that if you had to think of 
so many good nights out, what would be that? that well, th this was a difficult one because I used to, I went, used to go sort of raving when I was 18, 19, mm -hmm. 20. So I used to go to like the Egg and the Cross. Yep. Those were very, I mean, I don't really remember those days very well. I don't think you meant to. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was particularly listening to. It was yeah. just sort of, uh, you know, I'd go out on a Friday and come back on a Sunday and that yeah. was what I did every weekend or go to Ibiza and do the yeah. same thing. Um, but I, but there was a real scene in Camden in London for indie music. Mm -hmm. You know, there was, it was, and I was saying to you this earlier, I used to work on the door of Proud. Mm -hmm. So I was sort of on the front line of that period of yeah. time. And it was like the Libertines and Winehouse and, um, you know, the Strokes. Mm -hmm. And it was all sort of that. The Strokes were kind of the early indie. There was a real scene. So I used to go to a lot of indie clubs. That's yeah. what I used to do. Because I wasn't really a dance kid. Mm -hmm. I didn't, other than those couple of years, at, you know, 1920. So, yeah. So the Strokes I picked last night. And I just, for me, every time I hear that, no matter where I am, with friends in my, who were in that sort of scene, we just go me mental yeah. for it. It's just such an anth anthem for that period of music. Couldn't agree more. And, and do you know what? As, as, you know, people do still speak fondly of the strokes, but I think it's almost started to be a little bit forgotten just how important mm. that album was. And yeah, just totally. How huge it was as well. You yeah. know, because as you mentioned, you know, we, we, we was coming out the back end of a pretty dull time mm, for alternative terrible. music. And... You know, you had all the kind of new metal stuff that was happening then and the, and the kind of, as I mentioned, the, the more acoustic sort of driven stuff over here. And the Strokes just looked like they come straight out of CBGBs in the, you know, the late 70s and just looked so fucking cool. Yeah, and I think it was just what we needed, really. I mean, for me, certainly, that's what I felt when I listened to that record. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, get it now. Yeah. You know, and... Um, I mean, there was loads of stuff. There's also that... Killer's Bright Side, that reminds me of so much of my youth as well. It's a similar sort of anthem for that uh, period of time. And I'll tell you what, I was, I was talking about this last Friday. Um, as a, the indie club I run in Essex, it still gets asked for all the time, mm. you know, and, and it can get tiresome hearing <laughs> the Bright Side. I bet. <laughs> but I saw them performing it at Glastonbury on a smaller stage this year, and I'd never seen. It was the best performance I've seen from the Killers, and it was mm. just they just had fire in them, and it just made that song sound. It just reminded me just how good that song is yeah, because I know. I know it's a drunken anthem for everyone there, mm. but then there's a reason for that, right? Mm. The same as it is for um, "Don't Look Back in Anger," etc. Absolutely. And, and last night, yeah. it, it, it's it's the, the simplicity of the fact it's just a fucking great record. Yeah, right? I know it's brilliant. I actually saw them as well in Hyde Park recently, the Killers. And they're probably one of the best bands I've ever seen live. Yeah. Um, it's so good. And there's something about that period, that kind of music as well, which makes you move in a certain way as well. Like, it's quite funny. There's just a lot of jumping that goes on yeah. when those records come on. Yeah. And it just, yeah, I guess for me, it reminds me of um, the real start of um, working out who I was, I guess, my identity a bit. Because, as I said, I'd, you know, come out of that really dire music stuff. I was writing my own music, but didn't really know who I was or what I was doing. And that really had all the elements of, um, as you said, the old music, mm -hmm. you know, sort of back to the 60s and 70s, yep. which is where I sort of felt at home. 
so yeah so that's re- that's a really important record for me I still play that when I DJ sometimes sometimes I put, throw it into my uh, yeah. Rhythm and Blues 60s soul sets and it works that's quite amazing. well <laughs> so what clubs was you going to to be honest I was going I wasn't really a clubber I was just sort of I hang out I went to Camden a lot and there yeah. was a lot of pubs you yeah. know Hawley and yeah. you know um, Black Heart, all those sort of pubs um so and that was what you did if you were sort of the anti-clubber yeah. you'd go to Camden and do that you know that was what you'd do did you feel part of something yeah and that was where you felt at home if you if you weren't into um yeah that dancing that clubbing thing you'd go and hang out in Camden and or yeah. that area you know in East London they had it as well yeah. and you'd listen to rock and roll and yeah. that's kind of where you felt safe so yeah. it, was, it was kind of you know two different separate things yeah um so yeah, that's that's what I do. Okay. okay. Um, do you still go clubbing? Well, it's difficult now because I'm a DJ, so I club when I work. Yeah. You know, um, as I was saying to you earlier, I ru- uh, run a night with Eddie Pillar and Dean Chalkley, who you've had on your yeah. podcast. And that's it. That's called Soulbox, and that's the first Saturday of every month at Old Street Records. And that's like a club that we do. I do clubs all the time and I do a lot of club <coughs> gigs and festivals as well. Uh, gigs outside in Europe. And when I have a night off, I just want to yep. <laughs> put my feet up and not talk mm-hmm. to anyone. <laughs> yep, <I've got laughs> it's like turn my phone on silent and stop. So I don't really. Um, it's it, weird. It's, though. Go on, sorry. Well, no, there's a different, I think certainly in the music that I play, because I play like, you know, Northern Soul, old school stuff. There's certainly like a scene of club stuff, yeah. but it, it, I don't consider it like clubbing. I don't yeah. know why, because to me, clubbing is like raving or oh, something like that. And that's not what it is. It's uh, more like dive bars, that yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so track six um, is a favorite song from an artist from your hometown. Yes, yeah, so, well, that was really hard because I'm from London and there's yeah. a lot of choice. Um, and on that so I think I picked the Rolling Stones you did. and I picked Under My Thumb um, is that the Northern Soul influence it is the Northern Soul influence mm. for sure I mean I love the Stones obviously but that track I just think is really underrated it's, it's, my, it's my favourite Rolling Stones is it yours yeah. as well oh that's interesting I've not met anyone who said that yeah. before um, there's a really good Northern Soul cover of that actually called Way- by Wayne Gibson. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I play that quite a lot. Um, <clears throat> but weirdly, I, I, because um, I've obviously always been a fan of the Stones, I mean, who isn't, you know? Um, but I actually met Jagger in, oh, gosh, I don't know, two months ago. Very surreal. I was in this um, bar, my friend had a gig in West London, and she was like, oh, come, come hang out afterwards. So I saw the gig hung out afterwards and he happened to be there because I noticed a security guard in the corner of the room and I thought well, someone must be in here you know and I quite nosily went over and said who are you here with <laughs> like yeah. I had a too many Pinot Grigios and then um, I got introduced to him <clears throat> and he was so lovely we talked about soul music for ages I told him I was a DJ and stuff and had a radio show and stuff and he um should have asked him on he I know I was thinking that but I was just I got <laughs> my nerves took over and I thought <laughs> should I shouldn't I this yeah. could be awkward yeah. um, but anyway we spoke about you know soul rhythm and blues scar and old school stuff which is obviously a massive influence for the Stones sure. um, and then he got me tickets for his gig so I went to go and see them when they played um, Wembley 
Not wow. Wembley. Um, the Olympic Stadium. Yep. So, yeah, he got me VIP tickets. So it was all very surreal and lovely. Um, yeah, and he was absolutely lovely. Really nice guy. So Was that the first time you'd seen the Stones? I actually saw them at Glastonbury um, ages ago, but it was difficult because everyone was swarmed sure. over and I hardly yeah. got to, to see him properly. But, yeah, no, got amazing tickets. So that was really nice. It was such a nice bloke. Um, and, and they're incredible live. And... I saw them eight, nine years ago at Twickenham. Mm. And, and I'm not a, a, a massive Stones fan. The greatest hits of the Stones I will love, mm. but I'm not a big albums fan of them. Yeah. And, uh, and I went to see them. And I, the minute the lights went down, it, they just lit up Keith and he played the opening mm. bars to Jack Flash. And it just, it's really weird because, you know, I've seen all my favourite bands and stuff and I was like, Fuck, that's Keith Richards. Yeah. That's actually Keith Richards. And like, <laughs> I know, because they're so famous. I know. They've become like characters of themselves. <laughs> it's quite freaky. And the, the enormity <clears throat> of it just kind of was really exciting. And, and they just, I'd never seen energy like it. Yeah. And I know Mick's got some moves. I mean, ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. I was thinking, my God, how's he doing? I mean, he must train so hard. He must do. Because the way he moves on stage. Yeah. And I mean, they, they were brilliant when I saw them. They've got so much energy still. Every song is amazing. Yeah. I mean, to be doing it at their age as well, I yeah. mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I loved seeing them. I mean, I also love, there's a huge amount of soul covers of Stone stuff, which I love. Yeah. There's that Gimme Shelter, Mary Clayton, which is unbelievable. And oh, it's ready. Yeah, and there's tons of stuff. So I love playing all the sort of like soul covers of it because it's not yeah. as obvious, I guess, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, they're just an amazing band. I mean... It was difficult to choose, but I think they sort of were a band I have sort of grown up with as well, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, no, I love them. Excellent. Right, for your last track. Yeah. Everyone, I want to ask you a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. Well, this was really difficult because I am obsessed with finding records that people haven't heard before. Yep. Because that's kind of... I do... <clears throat> on my radio show, on, I do... I collect loads of really rare stuff that no one's heard, and that's sort of what I like to find. I've, I get a bit of a rush out of finding things that no one's found before. So let's talk about that for a bit then. So the radio show is... So I do a show on Soho Radio twice a month, mm -hmm. um, which I love. It was sort of like the natural progression after DJing. I thought, well, I like chatting. I know about music. I should probably yeah. do a show. Absolutely. Um, and it's a really good way of finding new bands as well, which I love, and bring them on the show. So that's been amazing. Do live sessions and things like do that. Do live sessions, do uh, little interviews. So yeah, I love it. It's really good. I mean, I was really nervous when I first started doing it because I realised that I had been completely thrown in the deep end and didn't know how to control anything. So it was quite funny at first. I uh, had a few little bits of silences for a couple of minutes and wrong, wrong track. I'd say a track and then put the wrong yeah. one on and <laughs> it was just disastrous. I'd done my first one last week. Did you? Yeah, how was it? Yeah, I did it at Boogaloo. Nice, yeah, um, yeah. And it was, yeah, I was absolutely petrified when I got there <laughs> and I found out that um, I had to do it all. Yeah. And I was like, all oh, right, I thought maybe someone might be doing... Is there not a producer or...? Stuff. And it was like, no, no, you're doing it. And I was like, okay. And so I guess, like you, if you've been a club DJ, you know you're around a yeah. to a degree. So it was like, yeah. right, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm right. And well, it, I think it, that's exactly it. I think, you know, you've got to control the levels um, the, um, as well as presenting a show. Yeah. 
and sort of DJing as well, basically. So it's really tricky, um, but it's such a good experience. You get the hang of it after a while. Uh, so no, I love it now, and it's really it's, it's been amazing sort of platform for me to get other work and stuff like that. Yeah. It's been brilliant. Um, but going back to your question, I think I picked Jerk and the Dog, The Mighty Hannibal. I've never heard this. Oh, it's so good. You'll love it. It's, I mean, everything The Mighty Hannibal does is brilliant, I mm -hmm. think. Um, everything he touches. That's a very good question. I actually don't know. Um, it might have been one of the records I picked. I like to do this thing where I go to record shops and just pick up bundles of stuff and that I've never heard and go home and play it. It's quite exciting. And most of it's terrible, but sometimes yeah. I usually pick them by the labels as well sometimes if they've got colourful labels. Where do you, where do you um, shop uh, for records? Um, Portobello, Sister Ray, um, a lot online. I go a lot on to um, online things. <laughs> I also find a lot of stuff. There's a guy called Mr. Fine Wine who has like, he's a New York DJ. You should check him out. He does a lot of rhythm and blues stuff. And he puts all his playlists up. And it's every song is brilliant, oh, and right. he puts it up pretty much every week. So there's thousands and thousands of songs. Yeah. Listening to other radio shows, um, yeah, I don't know. I just sort of do. You sort of find one artist, and then you go off onto a yeah. trail of discovery on other artists. Hello, I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is the songs that we're talking about in this podcast. If we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search Off The Beat and Track Podcast and you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there, I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up, get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. I caught a set. We had uh, an event on in uh, the book club at the weekend, and we had um, Sam Duckworth, Get Cape, um, mm. DJ. Have you ever heard him DJ? No, I haven't. I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> and he played only vinyl, and he had he played just the most incredible... Rhythm and Blues, Scar. I've got to see him live. He was absolutely amazing. Mm. And I think when he dusted off the, the seven inch of Winehouse doing Cupid, I just thought, I'm thinking oh, wow. that's worth about 400 quid, that, that little <laughs> bit of vinyl you've got there. And so uh, I was just thinking, he's a serious crate digger. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. People we, are serious about it. It's, you know, they spend yeah. their life savings on it. Yeah, absolutely. It is quite an addictive thing. Well, if you're playing I've Northern Soul to Northern Soul Heads, they're the, they're the, 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 the daddies of it, aren't they? I know, they? right? Yeah. I mean, it's quite intimidating sometimes, I think, because you sort of tend to think, you know, people who like that music are a lot older. So being a bit younger yeah. in, that, in that world, it can be a bit daunting sometimes because yeah. people are like, oh, how much do you know about this then? Do you, do you, do you see that elitism? Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. And I, I get it. It's, yeah. you know, it's not so much it's not my generation of yeah. music really and some people live through that exclusive club right it totally shouldn't otherwise it's never going to evolve yeah i think you've got to sort of um now i'm okay because people know me so it's all yeah. right but when i first started they're like who's this Got little kid <laughs> yeah it's this little girl brilliant so mighty hannibal jerking the dog explain yeah. a little bit about what well, it sounds like what can people expect obviously there's a spotify playlist to accompany this so you can yeah. hear all the tracks are they on spotify 
Yeah, 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 right, yeah. That track is exact. That definitely is. It's got this amazing intro where he's like, "Can everybody?" And he does the. It goes on for ages. This yeah. intro. So it's a really good starting track for a DJ set. Right. Because it just sort of this voice comes out of nowhere. Um, and then when the beat comes in, it's just this sort of sexy, groovy little R and B vibe, and it just makes you want to dance. Is it old? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very old. I think it's mid was made mid 60s 65 right. maybe um and it's just like a toe tapping arm swinging it's yeah. just got a cool vibe um you've, you've got to hear it you'll love it and it's something that every time i play people come over to me and go what's that yeah. that's brilliant that's the best it, feeling right when yeah you and it never asks what it is exactly and it never it never gets old for me that track yeah it's just cool cool as anything yeah. and the, as i said the intro i love all those old songs with this sort of you know, you got that feeling, you know, that yeah. sort of like preachery vibe yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. I just think that's cool. It's something that doesn't really happen in music much yeah. at the moment. And it's got like a personality to it, hasn't it? I was saying the other day, I was, I, I do little radio shows just at home to accompany this, like um, this podcast. And, and I was playing the Shangri-Las and, and then I started playing the Angels and I was like, just sort of went down a bit of a, a hole listening to, the, the 60s girl groups mm. and I just thought do you know what they do that doesn't get they have conversations in the middle of yeah, records yeah 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 I love that and it's so good isn't it's it? so cool and like they're just literally chatting to each other about their yeah. boyfriend or whatever and I just think why is that not I know anymore? I think it's so cool because it adds so much personality yeah. you know and I think and not to sort of slate new music at all because there's a lot of really good new music yeah. but you know there is this sort of in the charts this over produced sound and um, auto-tuned vocals mm. so everything sort of sounds the same and you can you know, can hear an artist and not and not really particularly know who they are whereas back in the day they had so much charisma in their you know personality as you said yeah. conversation you knew who they yeah. were by that one record yeah. that cheekiness mischievousness yeah. you don't really hear that anymore but and that's sad do you think that's just become that sterile that it's you know the industry have literally got that formula and recipe for pop hits for pop hits probably that, yeah you know because for me maybe it's just my age but I still like cast my mind back to Madonna uh, Michael Jackson mm. Prince and they were mainstream pop acts, but they still felt like they were artists in their own right that were evolving yeah were, I think it was sort of well, I think they did have personality so much in that music still. I don't know whether it's also partly to do with the way it was recorded. Yeah. Because I think um, back in the day, you know, you'd, you'd have to record everything live. Yeah. So you'd get a certain amount of takes yeah. and you'd all play together. And so that energy in the room, yeah. you know, if somebody slips up and goes, ah, hey, yeah. you know, or uh, what are you talking about? And then say something. Yeah. It would keep on the track. If yeah. it was cool, it was cool. Whereas now it's kind of, it's kind of this, you know, line by line recording. Yeah. It's um, put it through filters and, you know, yeah. get the perfect sound. That I think that's probably why it's been, agree. you know, which is a shame. I don't like that, but hey. <laughs> so you're going to kick against what's going on in popular music right because you're making your own popular music so should we talk about that yeah yeah so I've been it's been a bit of a funny one for me because I've been in lots of bands and stuff and I got a bit jaded by it all because I was sort of 
Yeah, I don't know. I got a bit lost with it, I think. I did lots of music, then got sort of put into more of a pop thing, which I wasn't really enjoying. And then I sort of stopped doing it because I thought, oh, I'm not doing this. It's too hard and I can't be bothered and it's so much work. And, and then I thought, I stopped doing it for a couple of years. And then suddenly I thought, I had all these songs. And was you still writing? So, yeah, I was still writing, but I kind of didn't want to do anything with it. And then I had a bit of a funny year a couple of years ago. And I just started writing. It's that classic thing. It's yeah, like, you know, it all comes out when you go through sort of hard times. And I just started writing some tunes with Jags Kuna, who you've actually got coming on your podcast, which is very surreal you know on the what? same day. And it was completely <laughs> coincidental. Yeah. Like, so he, again, Jags had DJed for me mm, um, at the Queen of Hoxton, like yourself. Yeah. And, and I just thought, well, I'll get Jags on. And then <laughs> he messaged me the other day and he was like, oh, did you message me saying that he yeah. just produced you or did he say yeah, he just yeah, produced yeah. you? I can't remember. Yeah, well, he's on after me, isn't he? Yeah. Today. So it's there we go. So bizarre, Small eh? world, eh? But yeah, Jags produced my first record um, when I was 21 with a band called Mancini. Yeah. And we just kept in touch the whole way through for the last, you know, gosh, don't even want to say how many years. It makes me feel old. Yeah. <laughs> for a long time. And we were always going to do something again together. And then I started, obviously, I've been, the DJ, my DJing's got, you know, more, more, um, I've got more busy. And I said, oh, is there a way I want to, you know, get all that stuff I like and put it into um, this new project if we're going to do some writing together. And I've got all these song ideas. And mm -hmm. so we just started getting loads of old records and film soundtracks from the 60s and 70s and, you know, like B movies from the 60s, Italian random films. And we started sampling all these old bits of, of the music we liked. Yeah. And then I started putting songs on top. And then we'd pull the samples out and get, I've got a band, so we'd get a band in that I work with and replay and twist it and, you know, and it's all of a sudden organically this sort of um, 60s inspired, I mean, I love all this French music from the 60s as well, so Serge Gainsbourg, Gainsbourg and all that stuff um, and Francois Hardy and... So it all just, this sort of weird thing merged and it's now, so now we've got, I just put out a single two, two days ago. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what people would think and it's, it it's called? called Undercover and people really love it. So it's like quite nice for me because I sort of lost my confidence with it a bit. So for me, it's, yeah, it's, it's got been, an amazing groove to it. yeah, it's cool. Exactly. So I'm really, I'm really chuffed with it. Yeah. So that's out on iTunes and Spotify and there's a little video as well that I put out yesterday. So we'll see. I've got to get a band together now and get it going. You know, you get gonna, my band live. live. Yeah, yeah. I've got musicians who I work with who are amazing. So I just need to get the show together now. So it's all, it's exciting. But, you know, I don't know. I didn't think I'd be doing it again, I guess. <laughs> now I'm like... Yeah, but I think, like, I guess all, the, all that you can... The, the benefits of doing it now is you... Whatever you've done in the past regarding music that maybe you've not enjoyed as much, you don't have to do them bits yeah. anymore. You can, you know, you, you can just do the bits that you want to do. Well, that's now. it. And as, and you know, we're now in a, in what's been really cool is that, you know, in the past I've had sort of managers and labels and people involved who have made decisions and they haven't always been the decisions I wanted to take, but I've, you know, being young and stuff, you think that they know what they're doing. So you go, yeah, sure. You know, um, I'll trust you on that. And that's not always been a good thing for me because, um, so this way I'm basically releasing it myself, me and Jags are doing it ourselves and there's complete creative control yeah. and I can do everything I want to do in my own way, which is great. Feeling, right? Yeah, it's very because cool. I guess there's an element of pressure with that and, and 
you know, but that pressure that you put on yourself, that's, that creates the drive, right? Yeah, it's, it's cool. And that's, you know, we were talking about how the music industry has changed a lot and stuff and how there's this swipe generation. But the good side of it is, is that you can just put anything you, you want out yeah. on all platforms. Anyone can buy it across yeah. the world. And, you know, you've not always had that opportunity yeah. before. You've had to wait for people to make decisions. Yeah. Um, and that can be frustrating, you know. So this is great. Okay, so before we finish, perfect night out in London now. What is what is your idea? <laughs> oh no, it's probably now? really boring. Um, well, probably I'm a bit of a foodie, so okay. nice meal okay. somewhere. Probably go and listen to a band. Obviously, love music, love discovering new music. Um, then I'd go on to. Well, a dirty, dirty soul club somewhere. Yep. <laughs> Maybe soul box, my note. Yep. Um, and then probably go back to someone's and listen to a load of records. Yeah. Um, you know, as I said to you before, like for me, going out is my work. Yeah. So I think when I'm not working, I just want to be with my good mates, listening yeah. to good music, yeah. having nice food and talking. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you are, know. You, are you a hogger when, uh, oh, when your mates are like passing around an iPad on Spotify? Well, there's a couple of things that I've started to do as I get older, which are really embarrassing is one of them is if I get too drunk, I think that I'm DJing at someone's house. <laughs> like, if you've been a club DJ... Which we both have. Yeah. I think that's a byproduct. I think you it's, just can't help yourself. Yeah. I mean, I read the room. I'm well. At, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> right. Someone looks like they've nodded off. I better bring in a banger. <laughs> and then halfway through, I might. I'm also a bit of a quick. I like, you know, going through the uh, songs quickly. Sometimes they might not finish totally, and I'll that's go on to the next as one. Well. That short attention span. It is. What I've noticed myself doing as well is I'll pull the volume down and then bring the other one up, which is quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible I'll, I'll, I'll pull the I know right and I'll be like well I better pull this one out softly otherwise it'll have a bit of a Brilliant. so yeah no it's terrible and then I've also what, another thing I've started to do if there's a piano involved which I told myself I'd never do because I always thought it was terribly embarrassing yeah. when people start singing All right. but going back to Misty yeah. Ella Fitzgerald my favourite um, jazz song mm. I, I might sing a bit of Misty which is really embarrassing so I'll lean against the piano and sing really drunkenly <laughs> next time yeah you have your friends Ram yeah and you're that drunk yeah give them an option <laughs> do you want Misty or do you want piano? The Last Night by the Strain <laughs> or do you want The Dance Routine to Flowers by Sweet Female Attitude I think that's the oh dear <laughs> I know right and then I sing Misty and then I'll ask my friends the next day and they'll go yeah it was great and it's just like glazed <laughs> over look like don't do that again mate <laughs> oh Irena, thank you so much no worries no this. it's been really fun it's been really really nice <laughs> and uh, yeah I'm going to have a cup of tea and then chat to your producer. I know, I'm right? Sure we'll Crazy. Talk about your music there as well. <laughs> thank you. Lovely. Thank you. <laughs> there you have it. The lovely Raina Mancini. What a great chat. What a great girl. Um, as I said at the beginning, go and check out her new single, Undercover. Um, yeah, what a brilliant, brilliant chat. Thanks ever so much to the Hoxton Square Bar and Kitchen for letting us record there. Um, obviously, thanks to Raina for coming down. Most importantly, thanks to you lot for listening. And there'll be another episode next week. Have a lovely week. See you soon. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. You
make stew with him. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 